Hey, this is John Sally, and thanks for listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. This is Cassie Sobleton. I'm a health and wellness expert, speaker, and author of Back to Balance. You're listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hello, my name is Don Jose Ruiz, co-author of the FIFA Agreement, and you're listening to Humble Warrior Podcast. Hey, it's Jason Robel, the author of Eternity, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Yo, this is Tommy, TommyMacYoga.com. You are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Handstands, everyone. Hi, this is Bob Ross. I'm a teacher of Transcendental Meditation, and you're listening to a great show, the Humble Warrior Podcast. Hi, this is Katie Delbao, author of the book Let It Out, and you are listening to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises. I'm John Moises. That is Chris Forte. Live brave. And this is the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hello, Humble Warriors. And we're back for another episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Today we've got a special guest in store for us, another yogi that you've found. More yoga, man. We can never get enough yoga. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I still have yet to try it, but you know, maybe this guy will convince me. We're getting you there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So before we get started, I want to thank everyone for subscribing to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes, following us on Twitter at The Warrior Pod, and liking the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So this week, we've got Yogi Dylan Werner on the show. Yeah, more yoga, and so excited to have Dylan, a busy individual, known throughout the world for his type of style of yoga, so uh, very grateful that he could be joining us today. And he's actually across the world from us right now, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he's calling us from Bali. Wow, so to get started, let's tell the audience about Dylan. Dylan is an inversion and arm balance master and is regarded as one of the world leaders in yoga strength, training, and body weight movement. He has a background in wrestling, rock climbing, martial arts, health and fitness, and he found yoga to be a culmination of everything he loves. He was first introduced to yoga through his martial arts training, and Dylan started teaching yoga in 2011 after 10 years of advanced movement training. While his practice appears to be very physical, he believes it's only a tool to discover yourself, find clarity, peace, presence, and meditation. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast, Dylan. Hello, Dylan. Hello. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, brother. Um, again, very grateful that you've been on the, that you're joining us today. And, you know, as I've done my, you know, research on you and, and just feel like there's a, uh, a connection of just being a, you know, a male in this world and just kind of figuring out our way, um, you know, you've used health and fitness and to get to a place where obviously yoga is, is your life, but I like how you use that is just as a tool. So, you know, would love to just find out a little bit about more about you, who you are, and how how you discovered this path and eventually got into yoga. Well, like like you guys already said, I uh, I found yoga when I first started doing martial arts, uh, and at that time I was in the military and I was doing martial arts every single day. I was wrestling too at the same time. This is when I was about twenty one, twenty two years old, okay. and. Uh, and it really, I mean, in in the martial arts, there was actually a, a bit of meditation and, and that kind of thing that went on with it. But the yoga that was in it was really just movement. You know, it was a, there wasn't all the other aspects of yoga. So you could say it was more of just asana that was added into the martial arts. But it gave me like a little bit of an introduction to it. And then I stopped doing martial arts, you know, when I was like 22, around the same time I went to... Uh, I was deployed to Iraq. I was a Marine. 
at that time. And when I got back, kind of, you know, went away from martial arts and I started getting into rock climbing and other, other forms of fitness and skydiving and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then someone invited me to a yoga class and I walked in and I didn't really know, you know, other than the awesome thing, what yoga is about, but it sounded fun. It sounded like something that I could do to add into, uh, or at least help me with my rock climbing, help me with my flexibility and stuff. I didn't know it was something that you're good at or anything like that. And after my first class, I really enjoyed it, but I still had no idea what it was necessarily about. And I didn't really go in there. Like a lot of people start yoga for this physical or for this, uh, spiritual journey, or they're, they're looking for some sort of connection or something like that. I didn't even really realize that because my only experience was, uh, getting kicked in the stomach while I was holding boat pose by my grandmaster. So, <laughs> Uh, so I started practicing yoga and in, in there I met a girl and we started dating and she wanted to be a yoga teacher. And at that time I was a firefighter paramedic in California and I was able to get some time off. So I went and did a teacher training with her and that's kind of when I met my teacher and started to understand what yoga was about. And really like with my start of doing yoga I started doing handstands. I think like if it went chronological, two weeks before my first yoga class, I went and saw a Cirque du Soleil show and they had the hand balancers and contortionists and all that. And I was like, that's really cool. I think I can do that. And so I went back to my climbing gym and I started practicing doing handstands. Oh, wow. First yoga class. Yeah. And so the first yoga class I took, what there there was handstands in it and i was like oh wow this is cool like it's a fun workout it's hot and sweaty it's hard and you can do handstands so i was kind of like hooked (laughs) so i so go a year later of practicing and and moving deeper at least into the asana practice and starting to kind of understand a little bit the spiritual side but not so much i took this teacher training and that's where I met, you know, who I consider my teacher now. And his name's uh, Shane Christopher Perkins. And he's, he teaches in, you know, he teaches all over the world too, but mostly just teacher trainings. he's not really like a, a big famous guy though. I think he, he should be because he's absolutely amazing. But he told me to, to find my meditation in handstand and really to find my meditation in every pose. And so it, I started like, looking to meditate in, in these complicated poses and learning to find uh, stillness. Um, yeah, and so that's really like how I got started with it. And I think through that training, when I, I did it, I, it felt really, really natural. It felt good to be in front of people and it felt really good to like share who I was. And I was used to talking in front of people because I'd grown up playing in bands and playing on stage and being in front of large crowds and stuff. So I never had like the the nervousness that people get when they're in front of uh, in front of a crowd of people. Mm. And um, yeah, then it just I think over time it organically grew into this deeper and deeper practice of wanting to find more and looking for this connection. And I think. I think it keeps evolving as I as I discover more and I, I dive deeper into what it means to be a yogi. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the more that I do that, the, the kind of, I don't necessarily step away from the asana practice, but the asana practice is just a really small part of it. It's, it was like the first handstand is it's a tool of connection to dive deeper inside of yourself and to figure out what does this mean? What does it mean to let go and go into the flow and not meet everything with resistance and to live in harmony with everything and to see yourself as love and to recognize everything else as yourself, as being love and to kind of create this communication with the universe of, of treating people from the heart, you know, acting from the purest intention of who you are. And that's kind of, once I started in that journey, it's, you know, it's, um, it's no longer a thing that you do. It's, I mean, it's, it's a practice because you're, you're never perfect at it. And it's something that you constantly are working on, but even more than that, it's just, it becomes life. It's not, I don't, I don't necessarily do yoga or practice yoga. I, I, I look to live what yoga means or at least what it means to me, because it obviously can mean a million things to a million different other people. It's the beauty of it. There's not a really wrong way to practice it as long as you're looking towards connection and, and getting rid of uh, separation. Absolutely well said. I mean, you know, I, I view yoga, it, it, it's like life, right? Like you said, we're, we're always growing. We're always learning. Um, and it's just, it's just part of life. It is life. And it's interesting because your background is, is come from, you know, being a Marine. And it sounds like yoga, what, what yoga has done for you maybe over the years, Dylan, is, and I'm not using this word, to, to, is, is strengthen you, whereas one may view it as to soften somebody when they start using the word love and connection. But in truth, that's real strength. And, and really finding yourself um, as you're going down this path, which is going to lead me to my, you know, the next question is the same thing about yoga. It's different to everybody. And it's, you know, you know, you can have a million different answers from a million different people. And that's the same thing with spirituality. And in your, you've mentioned it a couple of times. So in your words, how would you define spirituality? Uh, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's such a broad term that or, I think, like you're saying, it really, it really is. It's a, it's a personal thing. And right. You know, for some people, it's the soul or the connection to the divine. And, and yoga talks a lot about the divine. And I think the beauty about yoga not being a religion, even though I know some people might that haven't practiced it before, they might think that it's religion. Every once in a while, they get questions. I think I had a question the other day saying, um, uh, I heard that yoga was worshiping the devil or to, <laughs> like that, something like that. It was just like, yeah, and you, and you kind of get this stuff where people don't really understand, but um, the divine, and that could be anything, whether you believe in an actual God or a connection to things or, you know, reincarnation, whatever, whatever you choose that to be, or just like what your highest form of self is, because really your greatest potential is the divine. And if you, you know, at least what I believe is, is at our core that we're we're love and in every religion and every form of religion they talk about god being love and so if you just take away everything all the labels for that and you just go down to what what is god and, and what are we you know it's it's it comes up as love and even the 
the separation from God or separation from the divine is the separation from love. And you could call that hell if you want to use those kind of terms. Yeah, well said. Uh, so I think real, I think real spirituality is 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 learning what this connection means. And and the heart of yoga is is I mean the the word yoga means union. It means connection. And I think um, I think one of our the the biggest problems with with where we are today. I mean, this is actually not even today. This is history. This is this is society and and civilization is is finding ways that we are different. And through these differences, we breed hate. We breed destruction. There's wars. You don't believe what I believe, and so therefore I don't like you for that. And the path of yoga or the spirituality is to see like how are we the same? What is it that connects you and I? And that connection, I think, is really where the spirituality of yoga comes from. Yeah, well said. Agreed. Um, and so besides yoga, Dylan, are there, what other tools do you use for, we'll say, your inner work or your own spiritual growth? Or is it, is it all yoga? Is it all intertwined for you? So the, that has to do with a lot with the, your definition of what yoga is. Or, <laughs> right. You know, so if I, if I think... It's, if I think everything that is connection is yoga and I could be brushing my teeth and, yeah. or whatever, and I could call that a, my, my yoga practice, as long as I'm looking into being present and aware, you know, it's really, it's, it's, I think it's almost easier to say what is yoga than to say what isn't yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, as long as you're, cause we, we have, we have actions and, from those actions, there's two ways that we could take it. We either could take it from uh, conscious actions or actions that come from awareness or unconscious actions, actions that come from non-awareness or not, you know, these are more like reactions, how we treat people when we're not thinking or we're not being aware. Because I think if we treat people from, we could use the word intention, that's a, a very popular word in yoga, we set an intention. And so if I act from intention, I act from awareness. I'm practicing yoga. Yes. Yes. And, yes. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. And I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what we're doing with the podcast is, you know, when we talk about, you know, say mainstream or, or, or you know, what everybody's terminology may mean, but we use spiritual fitness to exactly what you're just making the point. So, can you take us for someone, because I'm sure just through all your experiences, if someone is like, they think yoga is like going to the studio or, you know, going in postures or, you know, what have you, but you could be practicing yoga and not even knowing it by just like living in the present, being aware, concentration on breath. And yeah, I, yeah to your point, it's just, it's all encompassing in life. So at the end of the day, one may not know it, but we're all yogis. <laughs> exactly. And, and if, uh, like here in, in Bali, I'm in Ubud right now, which is a very, you know, spiritual kind of town. And there's a lot of people that practice different forms of yoga that might not necessarily be the Hatha form or the physical asana practice. They practice bhakti, which is, mm -hmm. uh, the practice of devotion, you know, or, uh, which is, is really popular here. So you have these different, uh, facets of yoga that aren't necessarily physical. 
Right. The the phys the physical part of yoga is is just a tool. And so when people start, just like I started, I didn't I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started. I just thought I was going to go stretch and sweat with a you know bunch of other people in a class. And it's like if I went to go take a Pilates class or a jazzercise or whatever, you know, group fitness. Um, and there's you know those could also be yoga. Uh, yes. But but. Patabi Joyce said, like one of my favorite quotes by him, and those of you who don't know, Patabi Joyce is the one that created Ashtanga, which is a really popular yoga sequence or form of form of yoga that, that people practice. But he said that yoga is an internal practice. Everything else is just circus. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's the asana is a tool. The movement is a tool. And whether it, it looks like calisthenics, it looks like gymnastics, it looks like whatever, it's a, it's a tool that we use to connect. For me, you know, in the beginning, it was a handstand. I, at, in the, at that time, I was, I was really looking to find what it meant to be connected or present or something. I didn't, I didn't have those words. Right. I didn't know what it was. All I knew was I, there was something in me that was missing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I felt I, I didn't feel complete. And it was because I was living in fantasy, either of what my future was going to look like or what I'd been doing. I couldn't be where I was. I, I needed a distraction. I, my teacher, he said it beautifully, like um, boredom, because I was always bored with things. Boredom is us thinking that things should be different. Hmm. And so that that really, like, stuck with me it's like do i think things should be different here why am i trying to change what is the truth which is the truth is what's happening now right and so so i was looking for something i was looking to be present and that's when i really got into skydiving and i went through the course and i got uh licensed as a skydiver and then i was going every week and jumping and i was enjoying it um and in the beginning, you know, when skydiving's new and it's something that's super extreme like that and you're jumping out of a plane, it really demands for you to be present, just like a lot of extreme sports. And I think people gravitate to extreme sports because they're looking for something. They're looking to be here. Yes. And they don't, they don't know what that is. They know it's, it's missing. They don't know how to find that. They just they need something crazy so that they could experience what life is and as it as life is happening in the now, because that's the only place it, it is. And so I started to lose that even in skydiving. I was, you know, it was like you're jumping out of a plane and you're thinking about your next jump or, you know, what, right. what are you going to do later? Or, you know, because it starts to become routine, even something that's extreme like that. And so, and that, that, our, that was the time that yoga kind of, came into my life and with yoga came intention and the the acting the actions that came from intention and so when i just simply made my intention to be here it all changed it's like oh i don't need to jump out of a plane to be here i could just be here because i choose to yeah and did you find that also with your um like uh, the skydiving, like with the martial arts, is that what you f- found it with martial arts also? Or do you still practice martial arts or, or just uh, it's uh, all yoga now? It's all yoga now. I actually, I, I was really into martial arts like 
really serious for a few years, but I, I stopped that when I was 22. Um, and just took on, you know, other forms of fitness and stuff until I was 29 years old. So there was a huge gap between martial arts and, and yoga. Got it. Got it. So- and even wrestling. I started, I started wrestling when I was, you know, like 10 years old or 11 years old, pretty young. And I wrestled until I was 22 and I wrestled for the Marine Corps. And, um, same thing when I got out of the Marines, it was kind of like, I closed the chapter on that part of my life and started moving on looking for, you know, go to school and get a career and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey Dylan, I, I find this really interesting in that your, your example of the extreme sports and kind of having that need or that desire to be in the moment. I want to go back to when you started martial arts. Do you think that was kind of your first, experiences with being in the moment because I've been practicing martial arts for almost for over seven years straight now and almost 14 total and as my martial arts practice has developed it's become more similar to what you and Chris talk about in yoga Um, and I know that with martial arts there's nothing like getting in the moment when someone's trying to kick you punch you throw you down or whatever you're you got to be in the moment right at right then and there did you do you think that might have been your first entry point uh, yeah and that same thing with wrestling mm-hmm. i think uh because i started i started wrestling when i was really young martial arts seemed like kind of a continuation of that and in my martial arts was jujitsu and and taekwondo kung fu was kind of it was a mixed martial arts thing mm-hmm. but I think I was, I've always been that person that gravitated towards needing something more. Right. And which is funny because it comes full circle and through the practice, you realize that everything you have or everything you need is what you have. Right. You know, it's this, in yoga, it's this beautiful, beautiful practice. It's called Santosha. Santosha means contentment. Um, the other practice in yoga is called tapas and tapas is self-discipline. And this is something that I always had a lot of, you know, it's like the fire to, to do your best and be your best and give your all and always to want better. And that was, you know, in, uh, wrestling, I was very competitive and I always wanted to be the absolute best in martial arts. I was also very competitive. I always wanted to be the absolute best. And, I found in those cycles and really it has nothing to do with the sport at all. It all has to do with the frame of mind because obviously you can do anything you want with the frame of mind and it could change everything because life is a perception. But I was always wanting to be the best. It was through yoga and the start of yoga of, of just wanting to be my best self. Mm-hmm. And the more I practice it, the more I realized that my best self was who I am now. Right. That that's the that's the best person I could be. I can't be any better than I am now because tomorrow's a fantasy. It doesn't exist. And so what I was doesn't even matter because that doesn't exist either. So my best self, it, it wasn't about trying to be better. It was about giving the best now. Right. And then finding finding like the love and joy that, that comes with that. And so today I give my best tomorrow if tomorrow comes i'll give my best and that's how i I learned how to grow so 
it was to answer your question. Yes, I was looking for that, but because I was so competitive in it that um, I was always trying to be better. Right. And so that that part of which I there's nothing wrong with wanting to be better. It's just the the other side of that is to know that you are your best. So I think um it took it it was really the intention behind it that changed. Cuz I could go back if I if I stopped doing another asana you know, or whatever, what looks like yoga. And I started to do only martial arts. I just started doing Kung Fu. My Kung Fu practice would be yoga. It would look like Kung Fu, but what I'd practice would be yoga. Interesting. Mm. So what's pretty cool is we're having this like best self podcast right now. All of us being our best selves, being in the present of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, which is cool. And so Dylan, you know, we have, you know, we have listeners that have tiptoed, AKA my podcast partner here, John, uh, exploring yoga. And it's, hey, wait a second. He just said, I could be, I am well, practicing you, yoga. Right. You are. <laughs> I take it. We'll talk about Hatha. Hatha. Okay. Yoga. Breath and movement. So you've done a real nice thing where you've kind of maybe simplified it with some online courses and stuff. But what would be your recommendation for anybody that was ready, you know, wanted to explore this, but maybe doesn't want to go to the studio or, or doesn't know maybe where to start? I mean, how, what would be your recommend, recommendation for, for a beginner, for example, you, you know, how to get started in your, in your, in, in your expertise? I think that really, I think the best thing when you get started in yoga is to know what kind of person you are. Because I knew I like, I'm a person that likes a challenge. And I was lucky enough to walk into a level two, three hot power vinyasa class. And it was really hard. I mean, it, it, it kicked my butt. And I think if I were to walk into a yin class, which I love doing yin now, but if I were to walk into a yin class as my first class, I would have never gone back again. And to know that there's so many parts of yoga, you have to know, like, what is it that you like and make sure that's kind of your first experience going into it. If you want something that's really challenging and hard, go to a really challenging and hard yoga class. The I, I think the best thing to do when you're starting is to go to a class with other people in it. Set yourself up in the back. Don't worry if you're doing things right or wrong because no one else cares. And I think that's right. a, you know, a lot of people go into yoga. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do yoga. So I don't want to go into a class and embarrass myself. Well, as we all know, people are so focused on themselves that they don't even realize what you're doing anyways. Right. So, so like, First of all, just get over yourself. Right. No one cares about you. Right. And just show up into a class and don't worry about doing it right for the first 10 or 20 classes. Just show up. Eventually, you'll start to figure it out and you'll start to learn the language because there's a language that comes with yoga. You'll start to learn the etiquette and the culture and everything. And then it's just you'll, you'll become a part of it because a big part of yoga is community. Yes. And I think that's really important. 
now saying that most of my practice because of I'm constantly on the road, 90% of what I do is a self-practice, which is something that since I started yoga, I've always had a self-practice. In the beginning, it was three hours a day I would practice. And then now it's maybe 30 minutes to an hour a day. Um, and then sometimes, you know, depending on where I'm at, I, I try to take a class when I can. Today, I took two classes. I did a one, the first class I took was a Thai massage class, yoga style Thai massage. It was fantastic. And then wow. I took a restorative slash roll and release class, you know, and it was, it was amazing. And, you know, we jumped around and stuff and did shaking and it was, you know, just other stuff that I would never do in my own practice. I get to, I get to do that because I'm going to someone else. And so it really helps you get out of your bubble. But when you're starting, the best thing to do is to go into class. If you don't have that option, it, the, we have this amazing thing called the internet and YouTube and it's there's so much stuff out there and then of course you know I have all my programs and stuff which are all on Kodi app and I have a beginner's course that's a great course that will teach you proper alignment and like if you want to start to deepen your practice I'm not saying you need to start with that you could just start and not know what you're doing and not care but through that it's just like um every tool has a purpose, you know, and the, the more that you sharpen that tool, the better that tool is at doing its purpose. And that's what yoga is. And you get better at yoga to sharpen your tool to better accomplish that purpose, whether that purpose of that tool is to be more flexible, to be more mindful, to be better at breath, um, to be more present, you know, it's, they're, they're all different, you know, different tools for different things. So, Eventually, once you start realizing, okay, hey, this is a hammer, I want to start using it like a hammer and not like a knife anymore, then you learn more and you deepen your practice. And so that's when you move into, you know, working with a, a teacher that you really connect with or doing the online training or whatever. There's, I don't think there's a right way. Just you have to, you have to find what attracts you. Mm -hmm. And that's because... If, you know, if you, if you walk into the first class and you're like, oh, this isn't for me, you know, and it's, and you're going to like a kirtan and it's all singing and you're like, you don't like singing and there's, right. <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's important to, to realize that there's so many different types of yoga. Um, a question I get asked all the time, what type of yoga do you practice? And, uh, I practice all of them. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So there's got to be a little research done, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I like uh, you know I like the advice you're giving is is to to start you know start with a go to go to a class and go to the back of the room, and you know because eventually that that's where you're going to be you know with a group of people, and and that's the one thing I've loved about yoga over the years that I didn't realize what was happening. Um, for myself, which you mentioned, which I think is so big, especially in the world that we're in now, is a sense of community. Yeah. You know, a sense of community. And a community where, like in yoga, I, you know, it's just a connection sometimes of the breath. You know, there's not even conversation. It's just you're flowing. And it's the breath. And everybody's breath sometimes is picking you up and picking you up in your own practice. Exactly. Yeah, that's some of my my favorite things and my favorite moments are have been either teaching 
huge classes or practicing in huge classes and feeling the collective energy of everybody. And it's something that if, you know, I'm not a very hippie dippy kind of person or, a, you know, but it's, um, it's, it's very, it's a very powerful experience. It's a very tangible thing. And it's something that I think is, is essential to practicing yoga is to experience that because that's, what's going to take you deeper. Uh, and, um, in Buddhism, they, they have something called the, the three jewels of the Buddha or the three gems of the Buddha. And the first one is the, the Buddha gem. And this is, this is essentially like our, the, the highest form of self. The Buddha is, you know, it's the enlightened one. And so this first gem is like, what is our capabilities? The second one is Dharma. And Dharma is a word that means a lot of, a lot of different things. Um, in this one, they talk about the, the, the Dharma jewel it's the teachings it's um the way or it's it's how you find your highest self and i think the the third one is is almost the most important and this is the sagna and this this is community mm-hmm. and the community is is the inspiration you know when you see other people on their path you uh, a friend of mine just said this to me the, the other day and i thought it was it was so brilliant he said he said, I used to look at everybody and, you know, that I was inspired by. And then I would immediately start asking, like, how old they are or how long they've been practicing or whatever. And I would compare myself to them to see where I'm in my practice, if I'm going to be there. And then he's like, I recently just stopped doing that. I recently just stopped doing that and just look to be inspired, just to be inspired because it's my practice. And I think that's a huge thing when you see other people that are in their practice. It's not, you don't look at them and go, oh, I wish I can do that or I'll never be there or I'm going to be there. Like it's just, it's simply an inspiration to keep you motivated in your practice, to keep you practicing. And that's what, yeah, that's what showing up to a class does. Yeah. And what's happened for me over the years is to take that community that community feel like you just mentioned that connection outside the outside the yoga studio you know when you realize then the whole world is your community people you're passing by in the streets you know you look them in the eye and you just know that you have a connection with them and and i think that's where you said from the beginning show is you really at least from my words is really understanding what the word love means and connection and that's where yoga, the practice of, you know, the, the, the asana and the breath and the movement and, you know, in that type of community, in that, in that environment is helping you to deal with the community of all your brothers and sisters in the world. Yeah, on, on a, 100%. You know, on a day-to-day basis. And, um, and for that, it's like living in the present and just enjoying life and and being, and just being at B, like with us three doing the pod right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, and John, do you have any, any other questions for, for Dylan? This has been awesome. Um, no, I, everything he talks about resonates with me um, because it's a lot of what we talk about in my practice of martial arts with my teacher. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of similar concepts that Dylan has talked about that I've 
I've kind of written down when he's going over it. Like, you know, when you're talking about first going into the studio and getting over yourself, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first concepts I learned in my school was, you know, it's part of our martial arts training is the discovery of ego and then the destruction of ego. It's just to let let that go and just, you know, really be in the present and be here now. Um, and to to know, you know, there's a, there's, as we've talked in the past, there's tons of similarities between martial arts practice, real martial arts practice, and yoga. And I think the more we talk about and more conversation we have, you can, I, the lines are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it was like I've talked about in the past. You know, kung fu was started by a yogi. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's just a great conversation to hear another practitioner of it talk the same language. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and Dylan, you know, so grateful for you taking the time. Um, where now? Where can people find you? And and everything. Uh, you're doing? I think the best place to find me, just to see where I'm at, is on my website, which is DylanWarnerYoga.com. I have um, my basically my workshop schedule on there, and anywhere that I'm teaching is going to be on there. I don't I don't teach at a local studio anymore. I don't live anywhere. I've, uh, I've been homeless, homeless, uh, <laughs> traveling yogi. I don't, I don't know how you want to call it. Basically everything that I have, I carry with me, um, for the past year now. So I'm on the road. So a good chance I'll be coming to your country somewhere. And Cody app is another great place to find me. If, uh, if I'm not coming anywhere near you, I have, I think at, right now I have like 21, plans different training plans that go from all levels from beginner to very advanced from never doing a handstand before to doing planches uh, of all that stuff on there that's on codyapp.com it's also an uh, iphone app it's a really great training tool uh, and instagram's probably my largest i guess out out reach outlook i don't know social media thing and that's at dylan warner yoga and so if you're on there, pretty much um, you'll see the most of me because that's I post there pretty much every day. I write things like this with fancy pictures. So I, I really enjoy photography too. So you will see a little of that. Great. So we can awesome. see the whole world by just following you on Instagram because it sounds like you're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, rough, about a country every week wow. has, been, wow. has been my... Um, <laughs> has been my pattern. I'm three weeks here in Bali and I'm not teaching, which is really nice, just taking and kind of setting up for next year and getting ready for my teacher training and all that. Um, but yeah, so about a country every week. That's awesome, brother. You know, and when you make it back to the States, I don't know if you ever come our way in Michigan, but we'd love to connect with you. There's a good chance I'll, I'll end up in Michigan. Great. So my might be hearing from me. Great. Well, we got to make that happen. So, um, and he'll have a place to stay, won't he? Yeah, you can stay at my place. And I'm—I don't know if you do you know uh, Johnny Kest um, Center for Yoga? Yeah. Okay, so that's where I—I—I I pra- I, 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 uh, Johnny's a friend of mine, and that's where I practice every day. Awesome. Yeah, I'm actually his uh, his son. Um, I've trained with a bit, Jonah. Jonah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. He's in—I think he's in LA now hanging out with all my old friends since I'm no longer there. 
Yeah. He's he's out there killing it. Yeah. Um, Traveling the world just like you. Yeah. I think yeah. they're they're all in Capri right now doing the uh, yoga retreat that Johnny does uh, once a year. Um, so I think the whole family's out there. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I actually have a, an invite to your studio. Oh, dude. To teach. All right. Well, you got to you're gonna stay at my place. I'm literally a minute from the minute from the studio. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. I guess we got something to look forward to. That's great. All right. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for being on the show. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Honored, honored that you'd have me. And make sure you have the next episode of our pod queued up by subscribing to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes, following us on Twitter at the Warrior Pod, and liking the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next week, live brave. Join us next week for the next episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit HumbleWarriorPodcast.com to listen to our past episodes.